Bears Nation. Bears Nation. Start with the past. There's nothing you can do to change it. So throw it out. Take out the trash. The trash is anything that is keeping you from the only thing that matters. See you in the Super Bowl. It's Bears Nation Podcast. I don't want them to gain another yard. You blitz all night. Mac will take it all the way in for a touchdown. It's time for the Bears Nation Podcast with your hosts, Kevin Lapka. That's just a straight shooter with upper management written all over him. And Jake Hassan. What I'd really like to do is put the greatness of this man in perspective. Phenomenally good. Okay, guys, show us what you got. Bears Nation Podcast, Wednesday, January 9th. 2022 it is the off season well for the bears anyway but we are here and we are kevin where are we now we're somewhere new that i can't remember so you're gonna have to on asap plus network we're on chicago for real we're we got it all so it's uh exciting man yeah so we are in a hundred different places so if you are watching if you are listening we appreciate you being here big 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 episode today Jarrett Payton rejoins the program. He was on like two months ago-ish, earlier in the season, when things were still kind of-ish hopeful for the Bears uh, before everything went to hell. And he is returning because there's still Bears stuff going on, obviously, a GM search, a head coaching search. So Jarrett Payton will be joining us shortly. But until then, Kevin Lepka, how you doing? Doing all right. We're getting a little bit of somewhere with this head coach process. Are we, I, I feel like we are kind, we, okay. No, we're not actually. Are we? Like, they're interviewing one person a day, and it gets announced at like seven p.m. every day. Yeah. Okay. Maybe we're not. Other but, teams are on their second round of interviews. Well, we have a second round scheduled with Matt Eberflus, and we're going to discuss that. But yeah, it's gonna be fun to have Jarrett back in here. He's got some insight, and we're really going to discuss with him like who he thinks is going to be the head coach and GM, but also like what qualities he's looking for, what's important. Um. So we'll get Jarrett in here. Um, as soon as he shows up, but yeah, I'm excited, man, because I did a lot of research this week. I did a lot of, you know, digging because it was kind of overwhelming, right? Like we talked about this last show and I didn't realize this and did the research afterwards. The bears only interviewed five head coaching candidates, the last hiring cycle. So in 2018, Mm -hmm. when they hired Matt Nagy, it was only five people. And Jake talked all last episode about how, look, this is good that we are entertaining all options because then the more you see, the more people you have in the interview room that you are looking at, the more one guy stands out. And we talked about that margin of error. And that's true. So they have 10 guys instead of five. So even though you fought me for 15 minutes, I did that. not fight. I, I, I fought you. I fought you. Here's what I fought you about. I fought you about, I fought you about not hiring guys who were from the get go, not willing to work with Justin Fields. I'm fine with widening the net. I'm glad they're hiring more than less. That's always a sign of a diligent process, but if they were, if they automatically were like, oh, I don't want to work with Justin Fields, I don't care about casting a wide net for those people. But it seems like they have the right people, um, or some of the right people that they're hiring so far. But naturally, by volume and by nature of the number of people they're interviewing, this is going to be a longer process. And I know you, me, a lot of people are kind of like sitting here thinking, let's uh, let's get a move on with this thing. But if anything, have we not learned that maybe time is also an indicator that they're really trying to get this thing right this time? I think what is concerning for most people is that you already have your second interview with a head coaching candidate set up. 
and you haven't even interviewed all of your GM candidates yet, which I think is concerning. And, and I get that because yeah, obviously we've agreed. talked about, everyone's talked about, you turn on the score, you turn on ESPN 1000, you turn on WGN news, you turn on whatever the TV, the radio, whatever it may be, even here, if you hired a head coach first, you're doing it the wrong way and you are continuing the vicious cycle of screwing things up and kind of what we talked about before of that culture and things not changing the way that they need to be. And you're just sticking with the status quo. And that is just absolutely the wrong way. Why are we interviewing head coaches the second time, pushing that along further when, and granted, it's one guy, it's one head coaching candidate, but you haven't even completed all your GM interviews yet. So we can rant and rave all day about this. You hear us enough. Let's bring in Jarrett Payton, who joins us once again. Jarrett, welcome back to the program. Good to Let's see go. you. What's going on, fellas? What's going on? How we doing? Um, man, I, I feel like Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace were fired like over a month ago, dude. Like, this, is, <laughs> this is kind of, it's crazy to think like how this short period of time, all this has happened all these different names, all these different interviews. And I, I'm still, I'm just, I'm trying to figure it out because there's, there's no science to it. And I, you guys, I'm, I'll be honest with you. I'm gonna tell you something. I've been in this business for, with three head coaches. So Tressman, uh, no, hold up. Was it? No, Tressman, Fox. Tressman, Fox, Nagy. Nagy. Yeah. Tressman, Fox, Nagy. And when I got into the business, you know, a couple of years ago, I mean, it was just really because of just the relationships that I've had with, you know, coaches and, you know, Tressman and I had a, a really cool, con uh, you know, relationship because I started out with him when he took the first head coaching job up in Canada and Montreal. And I was there and I left on some not bad terms. It was just I injured myself. I wanted to come back and see my doctors. They wanted me to see the, the doctors up in Canada. And when I came back. They wanted me to take a pay cut and sign another two-year deal. And I looked at him and I was like, dude, you're a cool guy. Like, I just can't do it. Yeah. I like, I'll take my chances and go home. And so our, even then, he was a he was a man of his word to me then. So I know how other people perceive him. So at that time, I had kind of an in. We would go, we were up at at Bears, you know, up at Bears Camp in, in Bourbonnet. And I remember walking one day and I'm walking from eating lunch, and he grabs me, he's like, Jared. You busy? And I'm like, no. Nah. He's like, come in here. I'm watching film. And I sat down with him and started watching film. And we were just, we were going through film. And I'm just like, this is, you know, this is cool. Like, I actually, I got an in. Well, you know, times have changed. Uh, Foxy, in, uh, by the end of his time here, I was cool with him. But Nagy, didn't really know Nagy. But the, the, the relationships that I built over those years. Now, dude, you guys don't understand. My phone... That last week was bringing off the hook from a lot of people who I can't name, but execs, um, agents. No, no one's listening to this. You can name names. It's fine. No, no, no. Just, just the uh, people that were that you know either wanted me to look at their their names of the you know their their the name of their of their clients' resume, just check it out. And the one thing that I've come to a conclusion about through all this. Now we're about to wrap it up. This is where. I'm I'm going with all this. There are a lot of people out there that have more experience than 
a lot of these guys that they're bringing in here into Hallis Hall and they're not getting an opportunity. And it just, that's what this whole ex- experiment, whole experience has shown me through this process is there's a lot of guys in the NFL with 20 years of experience that aren't getting an opportunity to get these interviews for the GM job. And it's kind of sad, man. It really is. And that's where I am right now. So when I look at the names and I know you probably are going to ask me like, who am I looking at? I'll probably wait and give you my answer. There's not really a good answer at the moment right now. So um, I just really want to see how this thing plays out for, for this, for this bears organization, because they're going through the process of, you know, casting a wide net, as they said, uh, but pairings, I want to see how these guys pair together. Cause there's some interesting names, but I just don't know how they all fit with this organization. So who are the guys that you mentioned, you said there's guys out there who have experience uh, who aren't getting a shot. And the, the, the thing that typically happens around this time is you see a lot of the same guys getting interviewed. Like it's not yeah. drastic between the Bears organization or the Jaguars or the Broncos or the Mets. It's typically a gen- generally the same pool of guys. Yeah. But you say there's guys out there who aren't getting opportunities that you think should be. Who are some of those guys that you think should be getting those opportunities? Well, Kev, Jake, I'm going to be honest. I'm just – this and this dude is a close friend of mine. I tweeted it out the other day, so you know people do their homework. They'll see the relationship uh, that I have uh, with Kevin Kelly, who is the mm. director of college scouting for uh, the Chargers. And if you just look at his resume, dude, for the last seven years of what he's done to really like, when we're talking about Bosa, Herbert. You look at the names of the guys that he's drafted and the guys that they brought on. Eckler, who was undrafted, like. This dude played football. He played, he coached football. He's been around the league for 20 years. And dude, there's other guys on that list that don't have that much experience. And like, why isn't he a guy that's being looked at for the GM job? It's like, or GM jobs just around, around the league. Like it just Mm -hmm. doesn't make sense to me. And so, um, yeah, I just, he's a guy that when you look at it, just go look at, you know, what the Chargers have done over the last seven years and look at the guys that are starting that drafted they brought in and that are starting and being like complimentary players that are pro bowlers. Like, dude, like, that's what I want. I want to do that's in that position. Honestly, when you look at it, because to me, that makes the most sense. That's the, that's a dude that understands talent that can evaluate talent. You know, that's not just relying most, most of these GMs, a lot of them are relying on, on their scouts to give them the information, like, you know, I, you guys tell me if I'm wrong. Like, I'm not saying that if you didn't play the game of football that you don't understand football, I'm not saying that at all. Like you can, you can be an evaluator talent, even if you didn't play, I get it. Mm -hmm. But the dudes that have played dudes that have been in the grind that understand how to find talent. That's what I'm looking for, man, at the GM position. Right. Cause those are the guys that are in the trenches. Those are the guys doing their homework. Those are the guys. Um, I, I, I think about it. Um, what is it? Uh, Jojo Wooden, right? Got the interview. Yeah. He, Kevin's Kevin is actually doing the meetings that Jojo's right. sitting in. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> Tell me how this is all. <laughs> where who? As my man Jim Jones from the Diplomats it, would say. Who's in charge over here with all this, bro? Who who's in charge? So I mean, that's just one instance of of someone that I know that I'm close to. And yeah, people are gonna like, oh, that's your boy. No, it's not even that he's my boy. 
you look at the fact of just the resume and what he's done, it's guys like that that I really think that need an opportunity to get a chance uh, at some of these jobs. And, you know, I know the league is trying to do the best the best it is to, to be able to interview, you know, minorities and all this. All that is good because we need that. We need diversity when it comes to, especially at the head coaching position. Um, there's not enough black coaches in the NFL. Only one. Yeah, Mike no. Mike is the only one. It's not enough. And we got to have diversity. It's good for everything. We talk about it in our everyday lives, right? We talk about it. We need that as well in the NFL. And, and there's a lot of guys that are qualified. And so through this process, like I told you guys, I'm just really seeing that there's a lot of stuff wrong in, in a lot of these. It's like who your agent is or who your connection is with, right? I know people don't probably want me to say all this stuff. I'm be honest, man. That's what it is. Like, oh, who's your agent? If you tell me who with these interviews, who a lot of these agents are, I bet you then it starts to connect. I'm like, Mm -hmm. ah, okay, now it makes sense. That's not what it should be about. It should be about who, when you look at someone's resume, um, what have they done? And what have they done over the past? that gives them an opportunity to, to truly have a shot and an interview for one of these positions that there's just not a lot of. There's just, just not. We talk about 32 teams. There's just not, there's not a lot. We talk as a football player myself, it was, it was hard for me because even when I was in Tennessee with the Titans, they kept, they were saying they were going to keep four running backs at one point in time. No, five running backs. And I was a fifth one, man. I was like, oh, man, Lendell White was on that squad. Chris Brown was on that squad. Travis Henry was on that squad. And I'm like, yo, they ended up keeping four running backs and taking five wide or six wide receivers, another extra wide receiver. You can't do that with these jobs. These jobs are they come around and yeah, they fill up. And when they do, you got to wait your turn again. So it's really, really tough in this process. Um, just can't be easy, especially when you're interviewing a bunch of people like this Bears organization is with Bill Polian. So that speaking of that, and I mean, the net that the Bears have thrown, both with the head coach and the GM candidates, I mean, do you think that they're going about this the right way with the Bill Polian whole committee approach? And I mean, because people, especially in Bears fans, know it. Okay, well, it's the McCaskies. They're going to do the same thing they always do. And now finally they're doing something a little bit different with bringing in Polian and bring in other people, yeah. kind of a, a yeah. committee. Yeah. Come on, man. So you, you're you being nice, bro. You being real, real nice. I'm, <laughs> you know, but but it, I, I can't hate on you for that. I love, I love, I know how that is. I'm, I'm the exact same way. It's like, you know, how, um, how I have to talk about this organization. I, I always want to be honest, right? Because when it comes yeah. to, when it comes to the McCaskies, man, I'll be honest with you, man. I love them to death. They're they're they've been great to my family. Um, they're great to me. My relationship with George is 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 locked tight. I mean, it is. It's really locked tight. My my relationship with Ted Phillips is locked tight. Um, as men, when you get a chance to like most people don't get a chance to be able to interact with them the way that I get a chance to interact with them, or to see the way that a guy like George, you know, goes out of his way to to come to, you know, my family's run that we have every single year without even being asked to or a bowling event that I have for my foundation. He RSVP'd and I'm just, I'm like, he ain't coming and showed up with him and his wife and supporting what we do. And so, yeah, it, it's a balance there. I, I will I will never say a bad thing about the McCaskey family. They're, they are part of my family. Um, 
George is from that that press conference. It was it it, it was rough, and he would. I, I don't know if he would say that, but on the outside looking in, it was it was it was tough because a lot of people were super excited about the change that happened earlier in the day around nine thirty when that news dropped that you know they were making changes. And then by the time that that press conference ended by like two o'clock, people just were like, yo, what's going on here? And yeah, the structure has changed a little bit, but, but I still feel like they're going around about it the same way. I mean, the Ernie Accorsi deal, you know, trying yeah. to, you know, you got Bill Polian. Now Polian is a, a totally different, he's a totally different animal. We're talking about Hall of Famer, you know what I mean? Like this is this dude, he, but he hasn't been in the league for what, over 10 years. So mm-hmm. Still, his connections inside of the league are super, super strong. And we're talking about a guy that constructed, you know, put together a roster and, you know, won a Super Bowl. You know, I mean, his his credentials speak for themselves. But when it comes down to it, there's there's a lot. I feel like trying to figure out with like um, if you're gonna get if you're gonna go out and get a a head coach before a GM, I feel like. I feel like uh, Eberflus, like that news today. It's backwards, right? It's backwards. That should that should, that should have been uh, the GM, and that's where we're going because I just feel like a GM should be a part of this process, and the only way that he's not a part of this process is if you go out and get one guy. If you go out and get this one guy, then you could do whatever you really want to. But if you told me you were going to get Jim Harbaugh. You could pick the GM after that. Other than that, I feel like right. you, need, you you need to go about this in a process to have, you know, that GM that's going to be a part of this process because George said it, that he's this guy's going to report to him with all of the goods and all of the ideas and what they want to do. So I just, yeah, I tweeted that today. I just feel like you're putting the cart before the horse. And to me that I, I wouldn't, if it was my process, I wouldn't be going about it that that way. So I, that's why I think we're also interested to see how this thing kind of plays itself out because no one really knows. But the, we we have to be honest here too. Yeah, we didn't know at the time, but there has been situations before of previous you know previous years where the guy that you know a lot of people thought maybe a Bruce Arians that they had inside of the, of that building, they let him leave. And so Brandon Staley. Yeah, it's, it's we've seen it before. So I'm hoping in this process that Bill Polian is being a part of it. All that whole entire unit that they kind of put together are, are really talking about this. And Sue Campbell yep. is my guy, man. And when you talk about a dude that knows football, he knows football. And so having him inside of that room is very comforting for me. And I think it should be for Bears fans as well. I heard, I've been hearing a lot of people like last week who didn't know who he was and people were, you know, making jokes here and there about us hand up. We, we guessed it up. We were like, let's go. We were all over it. No, no, no. I know. I know. Not you, not you guys. Just other people around. No, you're right. right I saw the same things. He's, he's got, he's got a really, really good pulse of what's going on inside of that Bears locker room. And there's a reason why the way that that Hallis Hall is now constructed with the with the revamp mm-hmm. that his office is right outside of yes. of the locker room. Guys stop there. So and he's got a football background, too. So the fact that he's a part of the process, 
I'm just hoping that George and Ted are really leaning on him to get his input of which way to go, not only Bill Polian, but his as well, because I think he's, he's a true asset to, to that team they put together of firing the, uh, hiring the new GM and head coach. So here's what scares me a little bit about the hiring process. Um, when you talk about looking at resumes and you say, you know, there's a lot of guys who have better resumes. I think when I'm looking at a lot of these candidates and you have these 10 guys that they have either interviewed or yet to be interviewed, and I'm looking at their resumes, I almost don't know exactly what to look for because in the past and, and oftentimes you get misled, right? You get misled by this offensive corner to having a really good points per game and other really good statistics. And then they come here and it turns out they're not a good leader. They're not a good players coach. They can't do other things well. So when you're looking at resumes and you're looking at all these candidates and assume, you know, you're in the room in that hiring process, what exactly are you looking for that's going to give Bears fans assurance beyond just statistics that they've had with previous teams and, you know, just concrete things like this guy was a part of a Super Bowl team uh, as a coach. What are the other things, whether they be intangibles or not, that give you comfort that this is going to be finally the right guy? Well, for the uh, let, let's for the head coach first. Yeah, yeah. yeah. GM is a little different. Right. Head coach, head coach has to be. Man, I learned something last week from Olin Krutz. You know, after everything, him and I had. I don't know if you guys saw it, but we had an amazing conversation, and and you know, we we talked about everything that happened with George and all that, and we got past it. And then that was my question to him about like, what should you be looking for? And it's really about the, the conversation that you're having once these meetings are being conducted. And Olin was saying that, like, the questions that you got to ask this coach is uh, this possible coach could be, yo, like, you know, you guys are going up against, you know, uh, you're, you're going up against Seattle's defense. They run this. What, what, what are you going to do offensively and with Justin Fields to be able to combat how they run this defense or if they're running and like, have them explain to you how they're going to go about doing it in some ways, similar to back in the day with John Gruden and uh, the quarterback, uh, you know, when he used to have the quarterbacks up on the board and, and figuring yes. stuff out. That's what I want to know. Those are the questions I'm asking. Yeah. You can get to know somebody and see who they are. I think first and foremost, you got to find a person that you believe is a true leader. And then after that, that can lead men because we're talking about, that's what you have to have. If people don't believe, in whoever is the head guy it is not going to work. And I, I know we're starting to see some, some more stuff come out about Matt Nagy and, you know, just about his relationship, especially I think with Mitchell Trubisky and how, how there was a lot of tension there. But when I look at the bears and how they finished the season um, to me, there's something to say about Matt Nagy and who, at least who he was that these guys did not give up on him because I've been on, seen teams like that or yeah. been on teams where like dudes just give up it's over and they didn't quit so yeah some of that is on the head coach some is that that is what you build inside of a locker room but to, for me when it comes to a head coach they got to be a leader first and then those questions you got to fire off on them to make sure that they can answer all those questions you know you know t take your you can um, go look at the film of different guys and ask, okay, what do you see here? Tell me how, uh, you know, what you see in the footwork of uh, of this right tackle, Larry Borum. Like, how can he get better? What would you do? You know, like just those questions that kind of piece it together to see that they're really about business and they know they can give you those answers. 
if someone's telling me and I know in my head what's wrong and they can they can go boom 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 dude that's that's the reason why you should have you need like a former player someone mm. on that board that can be inside that knows the game that covers that watches this team that knows what's going on so they can validate like at the end like yo he was about his business like he knew exactly what was going on he x here oh here this is you move in motion here because we're trying to find out where that spot's going to be in that zone to be able to sit down you know all that stuff if you can have that it's special and man i think about it man god rest his soul i wish my pops was around i believe in my heart if he was he'd probably have an he'd be a owner of an nfl team by now um at some point but there was a point in time where he was a part of the board and was help being able so you imagine if he was around to be able to help out oh, man. You know, this process like dude we went now we wouldn't we wouldn't be in this position right now <laughs> we wouldn't we wouldn't be in this position right now bro he he had this thing on on point because his love for chicago was was through the roof man and like man my, my pops was super loyal and it's crazy because i just i had you know, I've been having conversations trying to figure out more about how involved he was. And, you know, back when that draft with Randy Moss, um, the Bears asked him to talk to Randy and he, he became real close with Randy because they were trying to get a vibe on on what Randy was doing. So my dad was like the, the middle guy between them talking to Randy. It was just it's just crazy. But the, yo, when you got a goat or you got someone that has done it before, man, it's easier to be able to bounce off those ideas and what's going on especially like George said it, he's, he's not like a football guy, you know, that's not his thing. He's a fan. To have, to have more football guys around with these decisions, uh, I think would make a lot of Bears fans a little bit more at ease. So does that have to be who the next head coach is? Like, I mean, cause obviously you have Leslie Frazier as a candidate, 85 bear Byron left, which he was in the league just to name a couple, but there's also something to be said about having, Maybe a guy like Brian Dabble, who wasn't necessarily a player in the league, Dude. but if he can put together a staff, he's nasty. Yeah. Okay. Is that your guy? Is that your guy? Um, man, he's. I don't know. I, I mean, he 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 excites me a lot. There's something yeah. about him that excites me. Um, I think it's because of, you know, what he's doing and and how he runs his offense. You know, like he's a guy that will figure it out. Well, it's kind of what he did with Josh Allen to a point, yeah. right? I mean, Josh yeah, Allen was this raw nothing, not nothing, but this yeah. kind of raw, he was a ball of clay, and you kind of have that with Justin Fields right now, right? Yeah, that's that's what excites me the most. And I know it's hard because you can't – you're looking for a head coach. And I, I, in my opinion, I feel like – because I believe in Justin Fields so much and that I love his game. I love every – I love his makeup. I love everything about the young man. His toughness is through the roof. Um, I said this yesterday. I will never forgive Matt Nagy for not protecting him enough in that in that uh, Browns game. Um, that that hurt. Yeah. And the fact that, like, in the first half, that he that he, you know, it, I can see if you go through a half and things aren't working, but then second half, make adjustments. Use your running back to chip. Like I've been in so many situations on games where. That was the game plan, right? You got a, a team you're going up against that's got a great pass rush. And, and Jeff Fisher, when we were in um, in Indy, he would always be like, we we play uh, – well, yeah, 
when we were, yeah, we're playing the Colts in Indy and just making sure with those pass rushers that we came off and we helped chip first, and then we would get at, into our route. Help the tackles, help the edges out, and then you get into your route. Don't go, get into your route. If you see some color, see a blue jersey, white jersey, hit it, then get in your route. I didn't see that in the second half, and this young man kept getting back up. He kept getting back up. And I'm like, this is this. Man, some dudes would fold mm-hmm. and be done. That's what everyone wasn't. was worried about, too. Yeah. And so that's where I look and I say, if you're going to find a coach, you got to find someone that's going to mesh with him. Because right now, the Bears are invested in him, man. They're invested in this young man to see if they can get the most out of him. And for all these Bears fans who, like, seriously cannot have, like, can't enjoy anything or have anything nice, like, <laughs> They always got to just moan and groan. Yesterday, people were tweeting at me saying, oh, you know, this dude, Pace made a bad decision to get in fields. And this oh, dude, no. Talking about one, his rookie season. If you see dudes like Justin Herbert, they mess everybody's brain up. Dude. Thank you. They Thank do. You. They mess everybody up because everybody. Garrett, does. I was saying that from day one, I was saying was. that from, you have Justin Herbert and last year set literal records anomaly. That's not what you're going to get with no. every rookie quarterback, especially. No. Thank you. Vindication. No, especially, wow. especially a guy that went to a, a prominent university when it comes to football offense was, you know, Ryan day's offense was so perfect for him. And let's not forget, dude, the dude had a bunch of ballers around him at the wide receiver position and running back. Like, dude had straight ballers. Take the wide receivers off Ohio State, put them on this Bears roster with Darnell Mooney, bro, I bet you it's a better – I bet you they have a better result because – that's Correct. that's what he that's what he needs. You gotta surround him with ballers. You gotta surround him with dudes that can play. And I knew he was gonna have his ups and downs. That's what happens as a rookie, man. I don't care how good you are, you're gonna have your ups and downs. But the flashes of greatness and brilliance, mm-hmm. uh, the Steelers game, like, dude, there's just you just you don't see that. And so now the goal is is to find someone that can get all of that out of him and vibe with him. He needs to have someone he can vibe with. Remember early on in the seat, remember in the season, I forgot when it was. It was when, um, it's when Nagy gave up play calling and he was on the podium and he was talking like Justin was saying, like how, how, how anxious it is to be around uh, Nagy in the game. But, you know, he like, it, it just, it, it was just crazy. And he's, he was, I knew there's something that was there that I was like, man, he doesn't feel, he needs someone he can vibe with. I think he was, it was, I think it was when he was saying uh, how Bill Lazor had yeah. a calm and steady Bill Lazor's voice. calm. And then like, yeah. Nag, like there was something there where he was like, yo bro, this, this dude is, yeah, I don't, I don't know about this dude. And that's hard to do, <laughs> give, but give it, give credit to Nagy. Let's be honest though. You got a lot of stress on your plate. You're a head coach. You were brought in here to call plays. You were supposed to come in and be this offensive guru, and then you're giving up play calling, and now you do as a head coach. Even when you're not calling plays, you still have to manage everything else that's going on. 
And when you're losing, you have losing streaks like the last couple of years. I mean, it's rough. So I get that. But having someone that can really vibe with Justin, I think is going to pay off in the long run because he's a young kid still. I mean, he's a, he's a young kid and these young kids now, you got to be able to speak on their level in their language, know what's going on, keeping up with them to have that relationship and build that relationship. So you can get the best out of them. And um, yeah, I just don't know who, I don't know who that is yet. I don't know. I mean, I feel like, Byron Leftwich is is a yes. is a great idea. Is that right there? Because mm-hmm. we're talking about not only do that play, but play the position, mm-hmm. and knows what it's like to play the position oh. as a black quarterback. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yep. but there there's something to be said about that because a lot of guys don't understand what that's like and the grind that it is, and and we're starting to see that that was a you know back in the day being a black quarterback was. It was tough. Now, if you look around the league now, there's there's more African-Americans playing the position now. And it used to be like, ah, no, nah, no, nah, you're not good enough to play this position. No, nah, dude. Dude, if you can ball, you can ball. Yep. And, and we're going to see it. And But it takes good coaching to bring that out. And that's what scared me about year one with Justin because I knew the pieces that were around him weren't right for him. And he was going to have to do this basically on his own with his guys out on the field. That's why before that Minnesota game, he was talking about, I want to, you know, I'm going to be on the field and ball with my dogs. Cause I don't know how, how many of these guys are going to be around. He, he's setting the tone. He is, he is the tone. And for us to this bears team to have success, man, he he's, he's got to feel at ease. And so, yeah, whatever he wants, they need to get. And, and it's hard now when you look at the way that the roster is structured look for, 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 for right now, going to next season, there's pieces that are there, but they, they still got pe- they got holes to fill. Mm-hmm. And there's not a lot of draft capital to be able to, to make, to make, you know, you're going to have to do it again. And the way that Ryan Pace left this thing, man, is, yeah, I mean, it makes me want to pull out my hair that I don't have. <laughs> I, I, Jared, I go to Ohio State, so I've watched Justin Fields play the past two years um, before he was drafted. And, you know, I was on the field this year at the games, and I, I connected with a few Bears scouts who were there, um, and they were taking a look at Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, and they asked me, who who do you want to draft? And I was like, either of them. They're both great. Let's get both of them somehow. And, and so, hey, there's a chance that they could get one of those guys. And after looking at what Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase have done, uh, in Cincinnati, I would not be opposed to hooking him up back with one of his guys from college at Dude, all. Um, like, yo, yeah, real quick, it's not. Look at look at Joe Burrow now. Joe's like, bro, I, my, that's my guy. Yeah, you know, you 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 create a bond at that position. Those two positions, man, the special ones. I mean, just look at look at Aaron Rodgers, Vontae Adams. I mean, they literally can—they literally can do stuff without even thinking because they've done it so much. This game is about repetition, man. It's repetition over and over again, getting a feel and knowing what he's thinking. Even if I don't even—he doesn't say anything to me because what we see out here, this dude is pressed up on me. I know what to do. He knows what I'm going to do because it's over and over. It's those reps that we do not in practice, not just in practice, but after practice. And that's what I love about Justin. Is that he puts in that work after practice. Give him, give him more ballers yeah. around him. That's only going to elevate his game. 
Go ahead, Kevin. I'm sorry. No, no, that you're absolutely right. I, I think the thing that scares me, though, when you talk about when you go back to talk about the head coach and the relationship of him with Justin Fields is when we go back to that press conference that George McCaskey did, there wasn't much, there wasn't a whole lot of, look, this head coach needs to be willing to work with Justin Fields. He is the center of all conversations that we are going to have in the interview process. It was more so of the head coach can make any decision he want. The GM can make any decision he want on Justin Fields. And it scares you, right? Because if you think about the last time that the Bears went through this hiring process, it's the same situation. You're going yeah. into year two of uh, of a quarterback, a guy who obviously needs a little bit of work. And now I think we all know Mitch Trubisky and Justin Fields are on completely different levels. That, that's yeah. a conversation we can have for a different podcast. But Or, we, or does, we don't have to have that conversation at all. We'll never have that conversation. Yeah, but we don't need to have that Does it scare you a little bit that – just that they might not go out and find the guy who is going to be best suited to work with Justin Fields. Cause that scares the hell out of me. It should scare you, bro. <laughs> should scare you. Anytime that you have turnover, it should scare you. Like that's the conversation that I had with a couple of dudes from, uh, from Miami. One is a former Miami dolphin. Another guy uh, works for the flagship station for the Dolphins. And we were just having, I was calling him, just trying to figure out a little bit about Brian Flores. Mm -hmm. Like, tell me about this dude. Uh, these two dudes, they know each other. They're not best friends. They, they know each other through just, uh, you know, being in Miami, all that stuff, but not super close. And they were just talking about how, you know, Brian Flores really is this guy that is a no-nonsense type of guy. He is, he loved, he's a football guy, right? but also to the control that, you know, he wants uh, with an organization. And the one thing I said, what should Bears fans, if that's the case and they really like him, like the, the Bears like him, what's the one thing that they should be worried about? And he said the same thing that happened with Tua. Yeah, He didn't like Tua and he stunned his growth. And that, that does, that, that should scare Bears fans a little bit. And, and, God, please, God, don't let that happen because not just not Flores, but I'm just saying in, in general with any coach, like don't let that happen because Justin has unbelievable talent. He's like he's talented out of this world. He just needs that right person to be around him and start to let him get that vibe of how to play this game and understand the game and really grasp the game where he is on that same level that he can play without thinking that much. That's where we see the brilliance of certain guys, like a guy like Aaron Rodgers. He's 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 so ahead of what everybody else is doing, and he's so comfortable that and he's seen everything because he studies. And the more you study, the more you 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 go on the field and you practice those things, it just it get you get comfortable, man. My dad told me all the time. He watched film. He would see like he knew where Basically, holes were going to be because, you know, he's, he's like, yo, I watched the film. I see where this linebacker is going to be. He's going to overrun it. I'm going to press it, cut it back. I know on on third on third and short, this, that's what they like to do when, when they run the ball and watch them run cut-ups. These guys that can do that, that's when you see them be able to kind of play freely and let their athleticism take over. And that's what scares me the most is that somebody could come in here not like Justin, and now we're talking about waiting even longer to really solidify that position when if you get the right guy that can mold him and shape him, we, we could be talking about 
you know, in my head, Ben Roethlisberger type years. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's what I, that's that's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> right. That's what that's what I'm years. hoping for. That's what I want. I, I wanted one dude for a long time. I'm tired of the turnover yes. at the position and not figuring it out and putting band aids and giving guys nineteen and seventeen million dollars and they're starting four games. Like, dude, who ever thought that bringing Mike Glenn into <laughs> Chicago was a good idea? Like, like, who, who's in charge? Like, seriously. <laughs> like, seriously. You guys, yeah, come on, man. Yeah, you're right. Let's, let's be let, – we know. Come on. We knew what was going to happen. We, But we were all trying to block it going, Phew, all right. Um, we, we spent months trying to convince ourselves that Mike yeah, Lennon could win games. Defense is good enough. All we need is someone to be able to be a game manager. Game manager. No, here in Chicago, we need something better than that. Yep. We need we need to have that quarterback that's like Aaron Rodgers that everybody is fearful of when they come here or we go there. That's what that's what we yeah. we should have, man. We man a we killer. The founding organization of this, of the NFL, bro. This organization should be in the conversation of playoffs, hunt for a championship every single year. Yep, every single year. Embarrassed fans that are upset, they have a right to be upset because that hasn't been the case. So whoever's going to be hired for these two jobs, this is one of the most crucial years of this organization ever because this right here is going to be a huge turning point of whether this team in the next two years is competitive and we're talking about this and we're talking about contending for a championship and winning the NFC North or it could be a longer period of time where we're like, oh, it's time to find another quarterback, figure this out, another head coach. No, we, 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 we can't do that. I mean, we we've seen head good head coaches exist in the organization. We've seen okay head okay quarterbacks exist in the organization. We've never seen a good quarterback and a good head coach exist at the same time. Like that's True. what you mean when you're saying that this is literally the situation with the most gravity in Bears history. I, I think you could be right. Real quick, you you did the interview with Kyle Brandt. Tell us yeah. what he said. Uh, Kyle Brandt, you say he talked to Matt. I watched the video. He talked yeah. to Matt Nagy. Tell us what he said. Uh, what Matt Nagy said about Justin Fields. Well, he he. Well, Kyle is unbelievable, man. He's like, you know, a huge Bears fan and Walter Payton fan. And so him and I have like connected just through social and talking and seeing each other at Super Bowls. And so, I mean, he was very gracious. He, we were supposed to do the interview today, but he was going out of town. And so he's like, yo, I'm going to change it to uh, change it to Tuesday. I'm like, cool, let's do it. So we're, as we're talking, he just starts to slip out that he has been in contact with Matt Nagy since he was fired. And I'm like, all right. So I'm just sitting back and I'm like, all right, keep going. <laughs> he's like, he's just, he said that he had the conversation. He said like things didn't turn out the way that he'd hoped, but that Justin Fields is the real deal. And that he has a lot of confidence that he's the right one and that he sees championships down the line with this young man. And to me, that that's, that's saying something because, yeah. um, I feel like a lot of us see that in him. We all see that he's got though that that talent. Um, it, he can't do it by himself, though. Um, no matter how good you are, you got to have pieces around, um, like a good quarterback and in, in, in your organization. And um, to me, that starts up. I always say this as a football guy: it starts up front and it starts in the trenches. Like you got to be able to dominate offense and defensive line to be able to win a championship. And to me. It's about really surrounding Justin with an offensive line that can really do what they need to do. And 
they got to get back to old school. You got to get back to running the football. And that we saw that this past year, like that, that was the the strength yes. because they, 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 there was through this naggy the naggy era, there was no real identity on the offensive side of the ball. Right. And so then when you start to see these guys running, and I'm like, holy cow! And so that's what's long term. I think about David Montgomery, like what's going to happen? I love Khalil Herbert as well. Like both guys are, are studs, but you know what decision is this new you know GM going to take when it comes to his future? People don't want to pay running backs, man. Like right. nobody wants to pay running backs anymore. But still, when you look at where we are at this time of the year, I bet you when the two final teams that are going to be playing in LA, I bet you both teams are going to be up can run the football. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you right now, both teams. The AFC, AFC is a little bit kind of you know. Chiefs can do it if they want to. They got a they got a different type of quarterback. But I'm telling you. Green Bay can run the football. These these teams, San Francisco can run the football. The, at this point in time, everybody wants to air it out all the time. It really comes down to running the football and then everything off of that. And so with Justin, that's where I think the possibilities are endless because this young man and Kev, you saw it. Kid can throw the deep ball. Awesome. So play action is a part of, of the game that I really want to see them kind of really cultivate and really work on because taking more shots down the field, we didn't really see that in the Matt Nagy era. Everything was hitches, curls, everything, 10 yards here. We're going to try to – could have stopped at hitches. That was basically basically it. Uh, Okay, we're going to – what are we doing here? Allen Robinson subtweeted him. He after the after the Chiefs Bills game, Allen Robinson tweeted, "Wow, isn't it amazing what you can do with crossing routes?" Like he tweeted that, and that's a direct that's directly at Matt Nagy because well, we know how I'll, he I'll was winning. This. This the one dude, Darnell Mooney, ran a lot of those. He, he ran saw, a lot of Yankee concepts. Yeah, right? and like he, but that's the fact is he's he's younger and faster. Yeah, that's what you can do. You know, with 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 a Rob as he's getting older, there's no. He's still a good football player. I'm still trying to – it's kind of baffled that I, I thought that the the relationship between him and Justin was going to be phenomenal from all the quarterbacks that he's had in, in throughout his career. I thought this was going to be it. Yeah. And it never transpired this past season. But a lot of his routes, because he's not a speed guy, no. he's more of like a possession guy, right? Yeah. You know, he's going to – he'll get he'll get you. He's not afraid to go in the middle. He's not – he's never afraid. But that, that speed's not there like Mooney's speed is. So he's not effective there. And a lot of his routes, he had defender right on him. And we're talking about a rookie quarterback trying to put it on the numbers. Sometimes as a rookie, I understand that those passes right there sometimes turn into interceptions. So sometimes I'm right. thinking in my head, I'm not, I don't know about making that throw. Oh, but this, oh yeah, I can make this throw. And yeah, over time, I think he'll get better at that. But as a rookie, you want to be able to take care of the football as much as possible. And I think that was kind of the the marriage that I thought was going to happen. And it never really happened with those two in the connection on the football field. So, all right, before we, you know, let you get out of here and get back to your life, who's out of everyone, we have the candidates, all the interviews aren't done, but who are your guys so far? Who do you like? Um, didn't we talk about one already? You like that one. Yeah, I like Dabble. I like I like him. Um, if you had to guess right now, if they were to hire somebody tomorrow, who do you think it would be? I, I, I Kev, I can't tell you, dude. I have no clue. They, 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 they've, it's a mystery. They've like diluted my brain with all these. P- I have no clue. <laughs> yeah. Literally, I literally have no clue. I don't. Oh man, I, I, I really, you- I really don't know. I can't. 
I've been trying. I was thinking about that before I got on with you guys. I'm like, they're going to ask me, but I really <laughs> don't know. And I I was with Adam Johns today. He's oh, yeah? doing for my show tonight. And I asked him the same thing. And he didn't give me an answer. He's just like, uh. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I just feel like whoever it is, I think I believe in my heart it's got to be, I'd rather see a guy offensive-minded type yeah. head yeah. coach. And I know that that might be scary of what they went through uh, with Matt Nagy, but mm, if you go back and do your homework, you, you can understand that a lot of there was a lot of red flags there before it even started um, with him not really calling plays in KC mm-hmm. and you that know. final playoff game against yeah Tennessee, final playoff game. There's just there was just a lot of red flags, you know. Like, but if there's a guy that has done it. And has shown that he could be successful. Um, Dabble, that's why I like him because I think just the the relationship with Josh Allen, a lot of people are like, oh, who is this dude? Man, he ain't gonna be this uh he ain't what and now we're looking at one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL. So I think he excites me a little bit. He might not excite everybody else, but he excites me just a little bit. That's that'd be the only one as of right now that that excites me because of what I think he could do for Justin Fields. Yeah, after that Patriots, uh, after what they did to the Patriots, I think people are excited about him. Jarrett Payton, always a pleasure. We appreciate you. The man that smiles with all of his teeth. It's great talent. Yeah, it's, great it's tremendous. Hey, you guys, listen, you guys are amazing. I just want to let oh. you know you guys are balling out of control. And the fact that you guys are keeping up with this team, doing what you do, this podcast, man, I commend both of you for just being on your grind, man. Like, it, it, it's tough. It's all really- right. All right. We'll bring you back. All right. You secured a third appearance. All Let's right. Let's go. All right, boys. Appreciate you. Jared, appreciate, appreciate you, man. Take, take care. All right. Peace. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much. Jarrett Payton, everyone. What, what a guy. guy. What a guy. What a guy. That's we, we did not pay him to stay that. We did not. Surprisingly enough, I don't have the money to pay a guy like Jared Payton to make a statement like that. I don't. I'm sorry, I'm a broke college kid, and and for him yeah. to say something like that, it's probably like what fifty bucks on cameo or something. Like probably more. I mean, probably this is more. Jared no, but Jared is always awesome. Very gracious with his time. He's the best. We really appreciate him. He's the uh, leader in the clubhouse on guest appearances on the, on recurring appearances now. Is he? So, uh, yeah, I think so. He's uh, tied for the lead. Uh, Abdallah's got two. Oh, true, um, true, 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 true. Shane's got two. Yeah, it's Shane. He doesn't count. Shane, no, Shane just legitimate guests. Shane, Shane does us a favor because he has to see me every day, and he feels bad for me. Exactly. Um, no, Jarrett was awesome. Appreciate his time so much. Always has very, I mean, a lot of very good points that he makes, and a lot of big ideas that he brings that we talk about. It's awesome. Great answers every time. Love you, Jarrett. You're the band. Appreciate you. Much love, man. Yeah, I mean. He's, he's right. kind of right, I mean, though. Like, you don't know. He was right, right like, about a lot of stuff. <laughs> he, well, he's right about everything because the guy is freaking <laughs> smart. But, like, I think, like, the last, like, when we asked him that question, he said, look, Adam Johns has the same response. I think if you ask any it, of the it's people nice in the that chat we're right now, the it's the same. Together. It's yeah. nice that we're all in the dark together. Nobody knows what's going on. We, we are so used to polarization in this fan base. I'm glad we can all be together in the fact that no one knows what the hell is going on. But I will say... I I made my list. I don't know if you made your list. I made okay. my list. And now again, these things are subject to change, man. Like January nineteenth, yeah. like 
you may like a guy more because he gets a second interview and you've heard good things from the organization based off of what they did in that interview. I made my list today based off of their previous resumes, based off of what they know, what I know about them, not based off of anything else, any sort of relationships between the organization and the candidate. So I'll, I'll just give you my one through 10 and then I'll kind of explain it. One through um, 10. There's 10 head coaching candidates. That's how many there are. You went through all. All right. I went through all of them. All right. Number one. I, this is a very big surprise, Jake. I and I, I look I looked through a lot of things and I'm, I'm kind of I'm very him. scared about what's about to whatever um, words are about to come out of your mouth right now. Number one is Jim Caldwell, actually. Stop. I'm not I'm Stop. not kidding. All right, not you're kidding. out. You are off this kidding. show. That is an outrageous see, thing but, to say. See, but you but tell me why. Tell me why it's an outrageous statement. Because Because I don't want to I don't want a guy in this like I don't want a guy who's had would be his third opportunity in the NFL. You talked about earlier with your with you said the same guys get recycled and also he flamed out with Detroit and like Let that, me let me t- Jake. That's just that's also just so uninspiring. That's so I, like, like Jared, Jared, like talked about, you want a guy that's exciting and that could do something like that's so uninspiring. <laughs> the comments are just going to rip. The, you the, I'm getting, I'm getting worked. I'm as, getting worked. That's, that's I, so uninspiring. That's let so me, like, he's flamed you out don't know. No, it's because you don't know. Let me tell you, look, you want to, Jared Payton came on this show and he said, look, you have to look at, look at all the past resumes, right? Look at the past. Resumes. I would rather have do you know Peterson do you know Jim Caldwell's past yeah. resumes? First yes. year he was the head coach in Indianapolis. His team went 14 and 0 until he sat his starters the final two games. They ended up going 14 and 2, and they lost to the Saints in the Super Bowl. The year after that, they lose to the Jets in the wild card game. The year after that, Peyton Manning gets uh neck injuries. They go two and fourteen and gets fired because Peyton Manning wasn't the quarterback anymore. He goes to Detroit in his first season with a franchise that's been in the mud for years, for decades at the time takes them to the playoffs for the first time in however many years, however many years for the, for the lions. And they lose to the Cowboys by four points in the playoffs. Then they go seven and nine the next year. And then nine and seven, they make the playoffs again in 2016, again, for a franchise that historically can never make it again. They lose in the playoffs, but I don't, I don't have, look, the, the pro the reason why I say Jim Caldwell is because I am ter- I'm still terrified of the other offensive options. I, I'm okay with Byron Leftwich. I'm not going to lie. Brian Dabble scares the hell out of me. He's done great things in Buffalo, but everything before that is extremely concerning. And you start to you start to consider whether Buffalo is the anomaly, whether it's it, he's lucky that there's a good roster. And the things with Josh Allen are great. Look at his resume beyond Buffalo. He was his his numbers and the offenses and the units that he led. Prior to Buffalo and prior to when he was the offensive quarter at Alabama, which I think is just extraneous because it's Alabama. I'm sorry. You get the best talent in the country. I don't, I'm not going to value that was not good. It was not good. Look, I, I, everyone who's listening to this right now, go look up Brian Dable just on Wikipedia and look at what he did in the past. And I haven't seen much about development up until then. So I know, I I know it's, 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 you're, you're right. It may not be inspiring. I don't think you can just look at Jim Carlo's resume and say, oh, he got fired twice. Like he's done. It's not, it's not just that. Well, Kevin, it's not just that he got fired. It's that he like, especially in Detroit, he flamed out. You know who else, you know, what's another coach that went to a franchise that was stuck in the mud, took him to the playoffs twice. And then they just completely devolved. Who? We just saw it. Matt Nagy just did it. Yeah, but that's different. Matt Nagy was enough. What do you mean? 
Oh, oh, with the Bears. You like mean. you just he Matt Nagy came here, took elevated you in his first year, one coach of the year, twelve and four, took you to the playoffs, lost in the playoffs. Okay, whatever. Obviously, the kick we all know. Okay, then you're five hundred. Then you make it back to the playoffs, lose a horrible game to the Saints. Like it's the like that. You it's the same thing. You flamed out. Like that's the same thing that happened to Detroit with Caldwell. He flamed out. Like I that's just. And I get what you're saying with Dabble, and I get the concern. But you also have to, like, in that situation, like, it's recency bias. You can use that for a little bit. Like, the last two years, what Buffalo has done, it, like, that's back. That's two years consistently that Josh Allen has gotten better in back-to-back years. Like, Brian Dabble has made Josh Allen an MVP yeah, candidate. Maybe. And, I, and the thing is, and, I, and I, we talked about this a little bit last week, if you look hard enough, you're going to be able to poke holes in just about every coach. There's not going to be anyone that is perfect. Leslie Frazier, defensive guy, older guy, kind of more traditional. You're not sure if he's going to be inspiring or going to put that uh, staff together that you want. Byron Leftwich, okay, is he calling the plays? How much does Brady have to do with that? How much does Arians have to do with that? Okay, Doug Peterson, well, yeah, he won a Super Bowl, but then what about that caustic relationship? Okay, Brian Flores, yeah, he went on a seven-game winning streak, but also like he may have ruined Tua. There's going to be things for every guy. It's just going to have to depend on it. And Jared kind of touched on this with the GMs a little bit, what you value more. Like it, it's but, just going to depend, depend on what you right. value. And, and again, we're two, you know, early twenties kids. We're not in these interviews. We don't know what's right. being said. You know, Jared said, it's important to get those guys in there, have a board and be like, okay, I can do this, 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 and this, this is how I'd attack this. This is how I beat green Bay, blah, blah, blah. Here's the red tape. Okay. Like, we don't know. We don't know what questions are being asked. We don't know what information is being brought by the candidates to these information or to these meetings. So everyone, everyone is going to have warts. And that's why guys don't get hired like that. That's why head coaching candidates every year don't get hired because everybody has warts for every, whatever reason you may not like one guy over the other, but there's also going to be things that you have to look at like what they did. Okay. Yeah. Brian Dabble is a, his history isn't extensive, but look what he did to Josh Allen the last couple of years, made him an MVP candidate. Yeah. Byron left which you don't know how much of a hand he's had in that Tampa Bay offense, but they've been Super Bowl contenders the whole time. So it's, you have to take different things and kind of put the whole puzzle together based on those little bits of information. You are right. You are right. But at some points, I know. you might not put together the right puzzle. Like, you know what I mean? Like, at some points, you take the pieces and it might not come out clean. Like, you might put the pieces together the wrong way. And I think when I, when I, again, I'm telling you right now, everyone listening to this who still thinks I'm crazy, I'm erring on the side of caution with this, with, with this list. I, I'm erring on the side of caution because I'm afraid. And I think when we get into these situations, Oftentimes we, we, we get a little bit we get a little bit carried away with what Jared said about the excitement factor that I want somebody fresh, I want somebody new. And sometimes like that excitement factor isn't all that. Like the excitement factor is great for the time being. And it's like, wow, we brought in Matt Nagy, club dub, excitement. This is awesome. This is gonna be great for a year. And then you're gonna realize who he really is. Once the excitement fades away and the initial rush of hiring a guy who runs a Santa Slay game on Sunday night football, runs a Santa Slay play on Monday night football. Once that initial rush goes away and the real colors are revealed, that's when you start to figure out who these guys really are. For weeks, Jake and I have talked about the fact well, that, look. Well, that's the thing. We're not going to know for years. I know. No but, matter who gets hired, we're not going to know for years. But here's what I'll say about that. And the reason why I was just going to say this is I think for some of these guys, 
you might you might not have to wait as long. Like when it comes to the guys who are exciting, the guys who are new, the guys who are fresh, the guys who kind of you know have been around the league but maybe just burst onto the scene as potential head coaching uh, candidates, such as a Brian Devil, maybe such as a Byron Leftwich. Those guys are going to take longer because you don't know as much about about them. So I just look. I know Jim Caldwell is older. Okay, he is an African American head coach. There's something to be said about that and how he can work with Justin Fields and you know the way he worked with Matthew Stafford. And also remember this, Jake. When he was fired, there was a lot of upset Detroit Lions players that he was fired. And you know they were nine and seven there. He got fired. They had been in the playoffs twice in his four years. Like probably the first head coach in Lions history to ever do that. Uh, or not first, sorry, second or third to ever do that. Um, people were, the players were upset. People were upset. And they brought in Matt Patricia and things just weren't the same after that. He kind of got him back on track. Again, well, people, Matt Patricia was also kind of a bozo. Yes, that is true. But there is a negative connotation towards his name. But when you look at his resume, you look at things that he has done, it is a pretty damn good resume. So I, look, I, I know it's crazy, but let's hear your number one. We're done talking about me. I mean, my number one's Dabble. I mean, just what okay. he's done with Josh Allen, you have that same situation with a young quarterback who has all the physical gifts in the world, and you just got to figure out how to use them. It's also maybe Jim Caldwell is the like maybe Jim Caldwell's the answer, maybe Brian Dabble's the answer. It also depends, like they're gonna have to put together a staff too. Like, am I gonna exactly. be mad if Jim Correct. Caldwell is like an assistant head coach or something? Like, no, absolutely not. I don't think the head coach would be the right role for Jim Caldwell on this team in this situation. I think, <clears throat> I think Brian Dabble is in again, recency bias, what they just did to the Patriots who were a very good defense this year is probably the thing that's most burned into my brain, but sure. it's also just like, you look at what he did with Josh Allen, like Jarrett said, a guy who, when he came in, everyone's like, He's super raw. He comes from a school that isn't a charter program. You have no idea what he's going to turn into. And Brian Dabble turned him into an MVP candidate. I mean, I think that says a lot like that. That sticks out to me. But also, like we were talking about what you value more, that's something that I probably value more than, you know, just hyper-focusing on that quarterback situation is something that, and I try to look at it in a big picture sense more of like, okay, we have to look at, everything obviously and we talked about that whole kind of puzzle analogy but I mean also I just like when you look at Brian Dabble and what he did with Josh Allen it just pops you know as like kind of like when you look at Brian Flores and you're like okay yeah he can lead a locker room but what he did with Tua that pops out too yeah I don't know this is just back to none of us know anything yeah I mean we (laughs) none of us know a damn thing now let me let me let me go down the rest of my list Dabble is my number three I I, Leftwich is my number two and the reason I would like Leftwich is you know Aaron's who is uh returning from retirement when he got the job with the Bucks he said in an interview with ESPN that he would not have taken the job with the Buccaneers if it wasn't for uh if it wasn't for Jason Lick making Brian Leftwich available he would not take the job if Brian left, which wasn't there with him. And I think that's very, very indicative. It's a pretty, about, it's a pretty big stamp. That, that's approval. a pretty, for a guy like Bruce Arians to say that, I think that's important. Yeah. Uh, you know, just because everyone's getting on my ass, I'll, I'll put Jim Caldwell and Brian Leftwich at a one, a or one, a one B that's because, because <laughs> now, because everyone's making me feel like an idiot, but I'm going to go with my gut. And I'm like, I, again, I like him for those reasons going down the list. I'm just going to run through it. I'm not going to give an explanation for all these guys. Uh, number, number four, I said three dabble four is going to be Eberflus uh, five 
Frazier, six Flores, seven Hackett, uh, eight Bulls, nine Quinn, ten Peterson. Um, so that's where at. now you want to go down the rest of your list. Do you, or, or do you I'll just, I'll just do my top three because I think it's just kind of silly to do all ten of them. But Brian Dabble's one for me. Byron Left, which is number two. And the number three, I honestly like haven't even gotten really this far because I'm so fixated on those two. But I guess Flores would be my third, depending on uh, depending on if you're in the interview asking the right questions. Like if if he signs on as a Justin Fields guy, then I think he immediately becomes one of the top. He has to be a top three. So I think you have to immediately consider him. Um, if he's a Justin Fields guy, because of what he did do with the dolphins, I think he knows how to run a club. Um, and I believe in like, I know it's scary because he went through four offensive coordinators, so that's a little bit of a, eh. but I mean, yeah, I mean, it's really dabble and left, which for me at this point, I think it's like, it's too early for a Kellen Moore or Nathaniel. No, Jackett. no, no, no. I don't, Moore. I don't really want Doug Peterson. A single um, team. Todd Bowles. I don't hate. Yeah. I, I don't hate what like you're telling do. me you're you're telling me you hate jim caldwell but you don't hate todd bowles like what are we what are we doing here tell me what todd bowles has done better than jim caldwell in the past like S- stayed in the league and been on a championship defense jim caldwell stayed in the league he had to remove himself from the organization because he had health issues which i guess right. is so i'd, ra- I'd rather had to have todd bowles who stayed in the league oh, like todd the bowles last couple of years right, 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 right. jim it's, caldwell i'm not saying he's my number one <laughs> look if if jim i will say too if jim harbaugh was available, he'd vault into my top three. We've had that conversation I think he's gonna before. take that Raiders job. Um, I, I, I think he's gonna take that Raiders might. job because I think they're gonna offer him the GM job too. Now because that's I, part of why the because GM the, job because I mean part of the reason he had to leave San Francisco was a power struggle. He's gonna want power. Yeah. He's he's gonna so. want that power. I think they're gonna he, I think the Raiders I think if anyone's gonna give Jim Harbaugh the amount of power he wants, it's gonna be Mark Davis. Mark Davis. Like, Mark, Mark Davis is going to be the one that gives Dream Harbaugh all that power, if if that's what he it wants. Would, but true. I mean, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Huh. I want to wait real quick. Um, we were kind of going over a time, but uh, why not? Let's have some fun. I Matt Eberflus. This is important. This is critical. Matt Eberflus is the first head coach candidate to get a second interview, and the reason why I think that's significant is, you know, when Bill Polian hired Tony Dungy. He said years after that, after hiring, he knew in 15 minutes Tony Dungy wanted to be his head coach. There is something to be said about Eberflus getting the first nod to have the second interview means they like him a lot. He's that that instantly should well, put him at number one from a front it, runner it's, standpoint. It's two things. Yeah, they like him. Secondly, availability. Well, he's yeah, not, but he's they're not able to interview in, Dabble and Leftwich. That is true. But, they're able to interview those guys, but right, he's yes. right. I mean. Iberflus isn't in the playoffs. He doesn't have a team to get ready to play on Saturday or Sunday. So availability is like, okay, yeah. Like Iberflus is sitting at home. He's not doing anything else, you know? Yeah. I mean, yes, uh, that's true. Now, but let me tell you about him a little bit. Um, I don't, cause no one knows who the heck this, he's got a cool last name, I guess. It's kind of, it's going to be kind of, I don't know how I feel about that last name. Iberflus. It doesn't, does it roll off the tongue well for you? Iberflus? Who cares? It's, it's not like, it's not like a, who cares? Maggie. Naggy. Oh, because that worked off. That worked Tressman. out so well. Fox. Yeah. These things work Fox. so great. You're, uh, real, Matt you're really endearing yourself to the viewers and listeners. So, right now. Matt, the thing about Matt Eberflus, defensive coordinator over at uh, Indianapolis. Uh, Indianapolis, he received high praise from Chris Ballard, and that is extremely important. He, yep. he really wanted him on staff. Now, the thing that I found about him 
was he was credited with instilling a, quote, ultra-demanding culture of hustle, discipline, and teamwork that ultimately helped to turn the Colts around from a 4-12 team uh, 2017 to a 10-6 playoff team. And a lot of the credit for that turnaround goes to Matt Eberflus. So then when you talk about the intangible aspects, you talk about the development of players, you talk about uh, the leadership aspect, that's there. Now we can't, again, we can't get baited by, you know, players coach type deal, right? Because we got baited by that with Nagy a little bit, right? Sure. It, it, it seems. But the thing that you will see on Matt Eberflus's resume that is consistent throughout his years as a linebackers coach, as a defensive coordinator, is he has developed every single guy that he has worked with in those linebackers rooms. He helped develop Darius Leonard. He helped develop mm -hmm. guys in the past. And that is where we talk about the number one thing that frustrated us about Matt Nagy and about this coaching staff, right, was that they could not develop the talent that was there. That was number one. Sure. The Bears had talent for years to make the playoffs. Every single year they had talent to make the playoffs. They didn't develop that. Matt Eberflus has been able <laughs> – to to develop talent, somebody in the chat just said Eberflus sounds like another virus. I saw that, and that 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 just makes that just makes me laugh. Um, and then one other thing, yeah, again, cultural impact, all that. So I just wanted to give a little debrief on Matt Eberflus because him being named as the first guy to get the second interview is significant, and people should take notice of that. Doesn't mean they're going to hire him, but there is some significance. Again, Jake mentions the availability; that may be true, but I still think. Like, okay, Brian Flores, why is he not getting a second interview yet? Right? Like those things. Well, everybody wants him. He's, <laughs> I guess. I guess I, I guess everybody wants him. I but, think he's still doing interviews. Um, I think he's still doing first round of interviews. You know? Yeah. So I like Caldwell or Leftwich. I think those are my top two, and I'd be happy with either right. of them. Are we, we going to do another episode before they hire? I mean, we don't know, but. I mean, they're going to hire the, I, I'm under the assumption. We're, Jake, we're at the mercy of the news cycle here. I'm under the assumption they're hiring the head coach first. Like I'm under the assumption <sighs> that's going to be the case. I, I, unfortunately that's the way, because Jake, they have yet to interview six GM candidates. Six. Yeah. How do how do you, how are you yet to interview six GM candidates, but you're already moving on to the second right. interview of a head coach. That makes, it makes zero sense. So based off of what we know about that, no, get, don't get me wrong. I don't want that to happen. No, nobody does. I, I know, but I'm it's afraid just, it is. Cause you're right. I'm no. afraid it is. Uh, Wait, do we tremendous. want to talk GMs real quick? Let's go like five more minutes. Want to talk GMs, or you want to get the heck out of here? What do you want to do? We'll do GMs next week because they haven't even interviewed everyone. We don't. We don't know any of these guys. It's true. Um, Who the heck are? They? Well, other yeah. than whatever his face. That's that's what we'll do Monday. Monday okay. we'll do a deeper dive on GMs. all the GMs candidates. Hopefully, we'll most guess, of the interviews maybe. will be done. Um, but yeah, and who knows? Maybe a hire will be made by then. But Monday, that's what we'll do. We will dive more into these GM candidates, where they've been, what they bring to the table. Shout out again to Jared for Jared for coming on. Appreciate you. You're the man. Dude, we what a guy. For giving yeah. us as much time as you do whenever we ask. That's he, I, I just want to let this be known to the people. Jared Payton emailed me, said, I, I got 10 minutes. All right. This dude went for 45 minutes. If yeah. That does not show he, you what kind of That's what happened last is. time, though, too. We we had about 20, and he went, I would think, like yeah. 45, same like, thing. He's just a great guy. He, I mean, he be... also gets into his answers. He, he, he does. gives really and, long and detailed answers, which we appreciate. That's awesome. Yes, what we want. You're the man, Jarrett. We really appreciate you. Thank you for coming on. Thank you guys to the listeners for and the viewers to coming every week we appreciate you guys we yeah, know we're all tonight, invested yeah chat was you guys were insane tonight which is a good thing i mean that endearingly but seriously love you guys appreciate you guys kevin i'll see you next week we will be back next monday 7 p.m central right here and if you miss it you always have the podcast until then we love you guys 
talk to you then. And as always, bear down. Bear down.